Welcome to the B'nai B'rith International Podcast. I'm CEO Dan Mariashin. Thank you for tuning in today. A little bit of housekeeping before we get started. Be sure to visit our website, b'naibrith.org, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. The easiest way to get the latest episode is to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play on your smartphone. I'm joined today by Evan Carmen, B'naibrith International's Assistant Director for Aging Policy. In his role at B'nai B'rith, Evan focuses on advocating for seniors, in particular through supporting legislation that expands seniors' access to affordable housing and Medicare. In this conversation, I'll be asking Evan how he serves as a liaison between the United States Congress and seniors, whose lives are directly impacted by the legislation that Congress adopts. We'll also be talking about the future of affordable housing for seniors, under the Trump administration. Evan, thank you for joining us today. Very, very happy to be here. Well, we're here to talk about the advocacy efforts being conducted by the Penebreth International Center for Senior Services regarding Section 202 buildings. But before we start talking about that, uh, can you give us a little background information on Penebreth's work with the Section 202 program? Sure. We at B'nabrith International sponsor Section 202 buildings in a public-private partnership with the, Depa- with the Department of uh, Housing and Urban Development. These buildings are affordable housing for low-income seniors and are located all across the country. Our sponsored buildings are located up and down the East Coast in states like Pennsylvania, Florida, and New York, in the middle of the country in Wisconsin and Illinois, and we go as far west as Arizona and California. We're certainly very proud of the fact here at B'nai B'rith that we certainly feel like we have a presence in the Section 202 program all across the country. Our work with the Section 202 program dates back to 1971 when we opened up our first sponsored building in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. In total, we sponsor 38 buildings that provide, that, that provide affordable housing to over 8,000 seniors, something we certainly consider to be a really great accomplishment here. In addition, many of our sponsored buildings all across the country, we have a service coordinator in the building. Sometimes we have more than one service coordinator in the building. And what these people do is it helps get the people who live in the building supportive services and community resources. So when we, when we sponsor a building, we have a Section 202 building, it's not just a building where somebody just you know goes in, lives, and that's it. We like to think of it more as a community where seniors can age in place. How do you choose where to start one of these programs? So, Because I know we're, you'd say, 38 properties um, around the country, um, and I know that some of them are as big as, as New York City, Boston, um, and you're in Alabama sure. uh, as well, I think, in Dothan, Alabama. Correct. So how, how does that work? What is the process that results in choosing a place to develop this kind of property? Sure. So it's where we need to, it's where there's a neighborhood presence across the country. And unfortunately, Congress has not allocated any funding for new buildings since 2011. But prior to 2011, Congress would allocate something called a capital advance, where the money would be appropriate to build a, a building. B'nai Brith would work with people in the local in the local area where they would put together an, an application. The application would be a Section 202 application, which, which would then go to 
the Department of Housing and Urban Development. They would then approve it, and obviously this is a very, very lengthy you know, process, something that does not happen overnight, and money would then be allocated to build a Section 202 building. Now, during the past year, uh, Neighborhood has been inviting members of Congress and their staff uh, to take tours of our sponsored buildings. Um, it's a terrific idea to bring those who actually act on so many programs affecting seniors into to one of our buildings. Um, how do you explain the, this program? How did this get started? Uh, tell us a little more about those visits. Sure. So when the president came out with his budget earlier in the year, I think like a lot of nonprofit organizations, we were certainly concerned with what the proposed budget looked look like. For example, the budget proposed that the people who live in the building, instead of paying 30% of their income for a rental subsidy, they would pay 35% of their income for a rental subsidy. And I guess let me just back up a section. Back up a second. One of the great parts about a Section 202 building is the people who live in the building get a rental subsidy from the federal government, which means they know exactly how much their rent's going to be every single month. And even better than that, the rent is capped. So for a low-income senior, this is a, this is a great way to ensure that their expenses are a defined expense and that it really, it really allows them a safe, affordable, and fantastic place to live. So the, getting back to the, the budget for a second, the budget also called for a $50 minimum rental contrib contribution from everybody who lives in the building, because some people pay less than $50 a month. And just to put a dollar figure on that, that would impact people who make less than $2,000 a year. And while the budget called for a hardship exemption, we certainly questioned, if you make less than $2,000 a year, how is that not a hardship in and of itself? So, back to the original question of then, we saw it as a great opportunity to invite the members of Congress to the buildings to say, hey, these are the people living in the buildings, this is what a Section 202 building looks like, so this is why we need to fully fund the Section 202 program. So it's a great opportunity for that, and as you also mentioned beforehand, B'nai B'rif just doesn't advocate on affordable uh, housing for seniors. We also advocate on Social Security and Medicare and really other vital programs for seniors. So when we bring the member of Congress into the building, it's a great opportunity to talk about, hey, the people in the building, they're not just, be they're not just benefiting from a rental subsidy. They're also benefiting from the Medicaid you know, program. Here's A, B, C, and D on how they benefit from the Medicaid you know, program. You know, I think it's important to mention it at this point that uh, these buildings that we sponsor are non-denominational and that um, the residents uh, are both from the Jewish community and from the non-Jewish community. Uh, when you've entered into this kind of uh, arrangement and a very successful one with the federal government, with the Department of Housing and Urban Development, of course, that's, that's the way one carries forth these projects. So. Uh, it's important to mention that uh, as we continue this discussion. Um, so you brought members of Congress. Who actually has, um, who's come through for the tour so far? Sure. I know you have a long list. Yeah. Well, we're certainly pleased that Congressman Raskin, Congressman Cartwright, 
Congresswoman Meng and Congressman Dent have all come to visit Benabra's sponsored buildings all across the country. And I think the best part about this list, it's both Democrat and Republican members of Congress. So, because we think it's super important to try to make this, to make the Section 202 program as much of a bipartisan program as possible. And what I think is even better is three of, three of those members of Congress serve on the House Appropriations Committee. And what the House Appropriations Committee does, it is responsible for writing the bills which fund the government. So conse consequently, they write the bills which include rental subsidies for people who live in Section 202 buildings. So getting the members of Congress who are responsible for dealing with the budget into the buildings to see how the money in the budget is being spent is really a fantastic opportunity for us, and really more importantly, a fantastic opportunity for the people who live in the Section 202 buildings. I think you've been on the tours that have taken place so I have far. Been. Um, so does a, a member of Congress walking through the, the building uh, have an opportunity to, to speak to residents? Uh, is there a, a, an opportunity, let's say, in a town hall style format, or do they just go apartment to apartment? Uh, tell us a little about that. Sure. So one of the things we like to do during a tour is we like to split the tour into two, two parts. The first part is the tour in and of itself, where we like to show the member of Congress a common, a common you know, room, a library, because many, many of our buildings have a library, computer computer rooms, which is fantastic. If the building has a dining hall, we certainly like to show the member that. And we also want the member to see a sample apartment. You know, let, let them see where the people in the building live. After that, as you mentioned, we love to do a town hall style format. And what we do is we have the people who live in the building come into the common area, and then the, the member of Congress says a few words, and then they really take, then they really take questions from the people who live in the building. And I always say that, you know, we can go up to Capitol Hill at B'nai B'rith International and we can champion senior programs all the time. But the best advocate for the Section 202 program are the people who live in a Section, two, in a Section 202 building. There is no better way to talk about how great the building is than for somebody who lives in the building in a town hall style format to raise their, to raise their you know, hand Look at, look at their member of Congress and say, hey, if I have an increase in my rental subsidy for this year, this is how I will be negatively impacted. I think that's really the most passionate way, the most effective way that we at B'nai B'rith can try to champion the Section 202 program. Also, it's a great way for the people in the buildings to talk about how they benefit from Social Security, um, Medicaid, and Medicare, um, just to give a really good example, we had Congressman Dent at our sponsored building in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and he took questions for about 40 minutes from about 90 people who live in the building, so it was a really full conversation, a lengthy conversation. We really talked about a lot of topics, and the people who live in the building were able to ask questions of Congressman Dent and say, hey, what are your feelings about the Affordable Care Act? What happens if we repeal it? What do you think would be a good replacement? What do you, where do you see the future of Social Security going? And he was really able to, you know, 
talk about what's real in DC, what they maybe hear on the news that's not as, you know, what, what might not actually occur. And he was able to, um, I guess, quiet people's fears. For example, somebody raised a really good point when they said, if I lose my rental subsidy, I could be, I could be negatively impacted and here's why. And the congressman was able to come out and say, well, I certainly can't make any promises. I am confident that we'll be able to fund the rental subsidies appropriately. So I, th I think it's a really great opportunity for people to hear directly from their elected representatives. Well, you're not only taking members of Congress, you also take staffers. Yep. And we know that there's always follow-up to be done, and that's where the staffers come in uh, to this picture. Um, how many staffers have you taken through? So, so far, we're pleased to say that we've taken 11 staff members to seven B'nai B'rith buildings across the country. Three of those staff members are from the Appropriations Committee, which help write the bills which fund Section 202 buildings. And two, and two members are from the Senate Special Committee on Aging. We actually just recently took them to our sponsor building in Reading, Pennsylvania. And the great part about taking staff is, well, a few, a few great parts is that one, obviously staff in Congress have a lot on their plate. So some of the staff, understandably, aren't as, aren't as familiar with the Section 202 program. So it's a great opportunity to you know, just introduce them to what a Section 202 building is, the type of people who live in a Section 202 building, and how they benefit from the 202, 202 program. Also, when we get appropriations staff in there, the staff, the staff who works on the Appropriations Committee is responsible for you know doing the managing of the accounts, in particular as it applies to us, the Section 202 account. So getting them in there, allowing the staff to see directly how the accounts they manage, to put a personal face on it, is really beneficial for us. And what I guess we're also you know hoping occurs is that the staff goes back to their boss in Congress and says, "Hey, I just took a great tour of Benebrith, you know, property, you know." If you didn't know about the Section 202 program or you're not as familiar about it here, let me spend the next five, five minutes and tell you about what I've done. So, you know, we'd love to have every, every member of Congress come to a B'nai sponsored building all across the country. Understandably, that might not occur. So if we can get as much staff in there, that's a great way then and hopefully it'll reach their boss. And, you know, we're very um, fortunate at B'nai one of our sponsored buildings is in Silver Spring in Maryland, right outside of D.C. So it really is a great opportunity for us to go with a staff, a staff member in Congress, take them up to the building in Silver Spring, Homecrest House is the building, give them a tour, have them talk to the people in the building, and then bring them back. So, you know, they're basically only out of their office for about two and a half, two and a half hours, let's say. So it's a great, easy, and fun way to talk about the Section 202, Section 202 you know, program. And your plans for the coming 12 months? Our plans for the next coming 12 months is to um, continue to get as many of the members of Congress and many staff in the building. We're certainly working hard now. Uh, we hope that we'll be able to announce another one rather sh rather shortly. We certainly have a member of Congress in the pipeline that I think within the next few weeks we'll be able to announce is going to be coming to a Benabra sponsored you know building, and to and to continue to get staff to come to the buildings because, you know, is to really get is to really get the word out about about the Section 202 program as much as possible. 
Well, that's a good uh, way to ease into uh, my, my final, but what I feel is a very important question. Um, as we look to the future, um, what's the, the current state of low-income affordable housing for seniors? And um, if I can take it one step further, uh, what can we do uh, to move this program back to where it was when there was much more activity in terms of developing properties uh, to provide um, more uh, affordable housing for more of our seniors? So I guess um, to answer your question, the current state of affordable housing for seniors is that there are that the rate of seniors is increasing at a higher rate than we're building affordable housing, unfortunately. Um, as the Section 202 program stands today, we're not building any more buildings, unfortunately. We'd certainly love to build more buildings. That would be the, the dream scenario. Um, the people who live in the buildings are continuing to get a rental subsidy, and that's something we champion for every day. Um, the best way now to build a affordable, you know, a affordable housing complex for seniors is through the low-income housing tax, you know, credit. Something we've certainly benefited here at B'nai B'rith. Um, but we certainly, um, we certainly call on Congress to provide more funding to potentially someday to continue to build more Section 202 buildings. Um, maybe as you know maybe you know over the next few years if congress you know if they're able to um what's the i guess the word i'm looking for if they're able to um prioritize and maybe more types of you know funding become available we'll be able to build more buildings but at the at the moment unfortunately that seems to be very unlikely you know nonprofits especially in the affordable housing community, are really just trying to scrape for as many pennies that are potentially on the table. And for Section 202, the idea of building more buildings is just not, at this point, a viable solution, which is really unfortunate. Because one of the great parts about the Section 202 program is that it does, in fact, save the government funding. For every three people in a Section 202 building, it equals one person in a, a nursing facility. So. It, while we have to spend a little bit of money on the front end, it will save the government money because so much of what the nursing facilities in this country are funded through the Medicaid you know, program. So by, by spending a little extra to build more buildings on a Section 202 building, it'll save on the back end. But unfortunately, at the moment, Congress has not, as I said, allocated as much you know, money for that as we'd certainly hope there to be. Well, we, uh, we operate and have since 1970 with this program on the the biblical injunction to honor thy father and thy mother, and that's really what we're doing here on a, a non-sectarian uh, basis. And uh, um, Evan, thank you for the work that you do uh, to try to advance this program and to bring it back to uh, that place uh, where there was so much activity uh, to provide housing uh, for seniors. Well, that's about all the time uh, we have for today. Thank you, Evan, for sure. joining us. Happy to be here. Thank you, uh, everyone, for listening to our podcast. Please visit our website, benabrith.org, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe on your smartphone through the podcast app for iPhone or through Google Play for Android. And lastly, tell a friend about us. For my colleague Evan Carman, I'm Dan Mariashin. We'll talk to you next time on the Benabrith International Podcast.